All right, here we are live with Memory Tracks, episode number 42, which earlier I was like, oh, wait, no, I think I lied to you, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, uh, my guest is Amber. Amber, say hello. Hi, everyone. Uh, Earlier we were talking about um, recording this, and I was like, yeah, you're episode number 43. That seems like a big deal, and you're like, can we wait for number 50? Because that feels more (laughs) significant, (laughs) which was honestly a little insulting. It's like... (laughs) You're not to 50 yet, but I guess I'll do number 43. But it turns out you're not even 43. You're actually just 42. <laughs> but that is the second of 2018. So there's some significance in that, I guess. We could, we'll could we go with that. We'll play okay. with it. I'll, um, get, I'll get on board. <laughs> but I'm really, I'm really happy that um, you agreed to do it. I think we, we probably talked. We had, well, we hadn't caught up in like, what, probably six months at least. I know. It's a shame. And then we had... Um, lunch maybe a month ago and ran the idea by you and you were you seemed into it enough and thought I lost you there for a little bit there was there was some back and forth for future guests listening that are nervous about coming on uh I think Amber was has been my most difficult guest (laughs) so far we haven't even started (laughs) fully expecting like the text like six hours ago like hey you know I just don't think I can do it I was ready to pass you along to my husband. I, he's we'll much more knowledgeable we'll about music. Eventually, yeah. Gordy's going to be on for sure. Um, but I'm excited to, to have you on. One, because I think that if I had Gordy's episode, then you would listen to Gordy's, and then you probably would never do it because you'd be like, oh, well, I, I can't be like Gordy. But Intimidation it's factor. It's, yeah. it's actually, I think I'd probably be more likely to do it at that point because I'm pretty competitive. Oh, so? uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, basically what you just said there is you think Gordy's episode is not going to be very That's good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, at least you know you could beat it. Yeah. yeah which is fair. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll have to let the audience be judges of that because Gordy will, I'll convince him before at the end of the nights. Okay. Um, but it's cool. We're also doing, for, for the listeners, we're doing a mobile setup. Um, so I'm, I'm over, this, I guess this is only the second show that I've ever done outside of my own home. Um, so for future listeners as well, if you want to be on the episode, but you can't get out of your own house, then I can come to you. It's uh, pretty cool. My kids were <laughs> fascinated. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're actually, I think Fiona might be a future guest. We'll say <laughs> we might need a couple of years for, um, for some of that, but she already told us what her fa- her songs would be a Beatles song and a band of heathen song. So. Yeah. Pretty much bands that begin with the letter B. The letter B. That's what she's in into. Her, yeah. Which, hey, you could go a long way with the letter B. I yeah. feel like it's a very good selection. I think I mistakenly said Boston was maybe one, which I don't even know why I would have said that. <laughs> Hopefully that's not a five-year-old's favorite band. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for this one in particular because we were talking a little bit earlier about um, a lot of the reasons for me wanting to do these things and why it's fun for me. And, um, one of the things that I really believe in is like doing these and taping these and having cool conversations with people that I really know and care about and have strong relationships with and thinking about you, like I've had a lot of people that I've worked with on the podcast, um, like that, uh, that, well, we've worked together on the podcast, but we've also worked together in our careers. Um, and that's always really fun because sometimes when you work with people, you know, you know them in the work context maybe you get to know them somewhat in the outside of work context and whatever. Um, but you know, I've really enjoyed everyone that I've worked with and that I've had on the podcast, but, um, for you, you, I mean, you were my like first real boss, I think. <laughs> Which uh, is like, crazy. Technically, I think, now. I mean, I mean, 
well, eventually I'll have Lisa Roberts on here and she might try and take claim for that. She even though she, she quit like the week after she hired me and left me to you. But yeah. <laughs> um, I like to think I started you on your path to greatness. You absolutely, you absolutely <laughs> well, I don't know about greatness, but you started me on a path. Um, <laughs> but it's really cool because um, I think we've, we bonded a lot through working together probably what, like nine years ago or something, yeah. um, 2009, I guess. And uh, spent like, I guess, across three companies technically. Yeah. Uh, we worked closely together. And um, I mean, in that context, it's it was great. I think we're still, you're still one of my favorite team members of all time. <laughs> Andrea, we need to get Andrea on. I then. know we do. <laughs> Should have made that work tonight. That would have been. That a... would have been so fun. Well, we'll have to plan and catch up on that. But, um, you know, beyond that, I, I feel like we've become really good friends uh, outside of work as well. And, um, you know, one of the things that, is a piece of that is the element of music. And I know that you're going to say like, Oh, I'm not a music person. <laughs> I know literally before we started, before I hit record like 30 seconds, she was like, I guarantee you I'm the person that knows the least about music, which is <laughs> such a lie. Um, such a lie. I've heard you talk about Patty Griffin in ways that, you know, it, like, you would make poets cry. Like you love, you, you love, you do love music. I do, but I have a very narrow scope and I have a very limited memory of recalling, uh, names and places and things, you know, when you get, you get my age, Harrison, (laughs) and you have children and things start to take up space in your brain. There's just, well, but you never recall. lose the feeling. I never and lose the feeling. And it's there. And when you yeah. listen to the songs, which we're going to do in this episode, it comes out. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. We'll let the audience be the judge of that. But um, no, the audience will not be judging you. Don't worry. Don't be nervous. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just take another <laughs> drink here. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on because of that in the sense of, one, we don't see each other enough anymore. But that's totally understandable since you have... Two, two uh, young girls and um, a husband that's on the road touring in music a lot. So um, it's uh, it's hard to get time from Amber Quist. But, <laughs> but I'm really thankful that you've made time for this and looking forward to, to sharing this with you. So hopefully it's mutual. We'll see. Yes. <laughs> um, but we're also being fueled right now by probably the best old fashioned that I've ever had. Yeah, wow. this is really good. Gordy Quist. We have a backup plan <laughs> in life. <laughs> if things go wrong in music, I like it. Gordy can fall back. To I think it would work. I think mixology. There's, there's people out there that would pay for that. Um, but I think um, we should probably kick it off with the first song. All right, let's do it. And I think everyone will know this song. I mean, hopefully. God, can you imagine somebody not knowing this song? That would be frightening. <laughs> that would be very frightening. If you're above the age of five, then I feel like you've heard this song. Um, hopefully. But uh, it's by, you know, one of the first great musicians of all time, Elvis Presley. And the song is his famous Hound Dog. Here we go. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, Not a hound dog, 
Presley, <laughs> Elvis. Oh man, so many good Elvis things. Um, I mean, this song in particular, like you know, one of the things that the unknown fact that I thought was kind of interesting, and doesn't really relate to the story, but um, the so this song, it's I mean, he didn't write it. It's from someone uh, like a, a songwriting partnership. Yep. It was originally recorded by uh, Willie May. Big Mama Thornton in 1952. Elvis released it in 56, so four years later. Um, but Elvis was kind of the big version. But the original version, when it was released, it inspired like tons of people to cover it. Um, and then it also inspired like the first, what are called answer songs. So an answer song is when like an artist finds another song and then writes like a response to that song. Oh, so I like the, I didn't even know the that. narrative is coming back. So there's a song called Bearcat by um, Rufus Thomas. And okay. Bearcat is like the rebuttal from yeah. the hound dog yeah. back to the Bearcat. Uh, and it ended up starting like a whole trail of lawsuits about like the legality of writing an answer song because you're taking somebody else's like songwriting and then bringing it into your own. And so there's some weird stuff and they lost the case. So the reason why Elvis was lost to son, uh, and had to change record labels to RCA was because it was like a $35,000 lawsuit, which at the time was going to like cripple yeah. the studio. So in order to pay for it, then he sold Elvis away. Wow. <laughs> so the song, like one of the songs that probably put them on the map, you know, was, um, also, one of the things that had them lose probably one of their most marketable stars. Wow, that's crazy. No, I had no idea the history yeah, of that. That's weird. So. Um, <laughs> I didn't know it either until I researched it, so it's not that I'm so smart. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, it's an awesome, great song and such, like, a perfect example of that 50s sound and, like, the birth of rock and roll. Um, it is. It's, t- it's crazy. So I, um, I was raised on Elvis. We were talking about this earlier yeah. that I think, people of my generation, I'm in my late thirties now. So I was right. My, my dad was a huge Elvis fan. So this was always playing. Elvis was always playing in our household, whether it was, uh, during the year or during Christmas, you know, and I'm, I married a guy who grew up on the Beatles and, you know, we, we had Beatles in our home too, growing up, but Elvis always trumped everything. Um, and so it's just funny now. And a hound dog to me stood out because as a kid, you kind of gravitate towards songs that frankly, you know, it was about a, in my mind at that time, especially it's like, Oh, it's about a dog. About a dog. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny now because my kids who are five and th- almost three, they love yellow submarine, uh-huh. you know? And it's yeah. like, Oh, the yellow submarine, <laughs> you know, it's just, and they think it's a child song. And so it's yeah. just, it's funny. It's like, like a cartoon character. Totally. Yeah. And so, um, so hound dog, I had a hard time with this one cause I knew I wanted to pick something related Elvis. to Elvis cause yeah. it was such an important part of my upbringing, but there's also a little bit of a, a narrative around my husband hates Christmas music. And so every time Christmas rolls around, I'm like trying to pipe Christmas music through the Sonos system. And, yes. you know, he's such that's a your scro- one pass. That's my well. one free pass. <laughs> and he's such a Scrooge, but he knows how much I love it. So he, he allows me that, uh, that moment during Christmas time. 
And a couple years back, he bought me um, a couple of Christmas albums that were Elvis Christmas albums, which was like, he's like, this is the only Christmas music we can play in the house. (laughs) So um, So not only does he not like Elvis, but he just doesn't like Christmas music? No, he he loves Elvis. Oh, okay. He loves Elvis, but he was raised on the Beatles, but he doesn't like Christmas music. So only Elvis Christmas music. And so another little funny fact about... Elvis is that our first child is named Fiona Everly. Okay. And it wasn't necessarily at the time we named her, it wasn't necessarily after Everly Brothers, but it was like a little bit of a nod, (laughs) but we just loved the name Everly. It's a nice name. And then when second child came around, we had a really hard time deciding. We were like, well, we really like the name Everly, but we already used that with Fiona. We knew she was a girl. So we started kind of riffing on names and our neighbor who is a, a huge music fan actually sent us a text and she was like I really like the name Presley and so we actually have our baby as Eleanor Presley which is kind of close embarrassingly to Elvis that. Presley <laughs> I never knew that yeah but That's Nellie awesome. is El- her real name is Eleanor Presley so there's a little bit of heritage built into can I ask if Eleanor is a reference to Eleanor Rigby it's not, no? but okay. I'll steal that. I mean, that's nice. We just like the name. <laughs> it's very pretty. Yeah. Actually, I think it was the Avett brothers that had a song. I might be getting my facts wrong here, but I think it was the Avett brothers that had a song about Eleanor. Gotcha. Um, and we just, we just like the name. the name. And yeah. actually Gordy's grandmother or great grandmother was actually Nellie Eleanor, which is huh. kind of weird because Nellie's short for. So like birth certificate says N-E-L-L. Yeah. Or is it with a Y? I-E. I-E. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember like at back at Bizarre Voice when um, you had, it was like Andrea, myself, and Ian, I think, was like, that was our team. Yeah. And you had us over for, at your house on the east That's side right. for Christmas, for like a Christmas dinner. It was a really pleasant evening. I think it was the first time that Gordy had ever made me espresso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a phenomenal coffee maker. So that was great. Now he's an, apparently a phenomenal old fashioned. Yeah, maker. He's, moved, he's progressed. <laughs> but you put on the Elvis record, the Christmas record, and okay. we were loving it. You're like, yeah, I'm not allowed to play anything but this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of tend to agree with Gordy on the, uh, the Christmas music side. But... <laughs> he likes classics or, well, I will say I don't like is probably a strong word. But he I mean, will tolerate the classics. There's a handful of really bad ones that are classic. There are. But there are. are you a fan of the Paul McCartney one? I don't have that. Um, uh, simply have having a wonderful Christmas time. I'd, I'd, it has like the really 80s, like wing sounding yep. sound. Simply. I know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my, I don't actually have that on vinyl, though, but that will be in the next. It could be on there. That That's my the brother's favorite Christmas song. Okay. And he's like so obnoxious about it. We'll okay. listen. We'll listen to like five times on road trips. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. I know the song, but I do not have it on vinyl. Yeah. So you Gordy, if you're listening, to the yeah. <laughs> but he loves the Beatles, so surely he likes that song. Oh yeah, right? for sure. How could you not? How could you not? So you said you got multiple Elvis albums for Christmas. How many Christmas albums does he have? Um, you know that's a good question. I. I might just have one Elvis Christmas album. He got me a few kind of classic gotcha. albums. Yeah. I feel like he probably has like five. He probably does. It just seems like the kind of artist that would that would have that a would few. do that. Yeah. 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 That's such good stuff. And you're the first person to pick Elvis. So. <laughs> 
People have picked the Beatles before, but nobody's picked Elvis. Elvis is, you know, I feel like Elvis is a little under, almost underrated or undervalued. I think, yeah, he hasn't aged as well as, as far as like pop culture references. He's yeah. kind of, I think a lot of it has to do with the Vegas years and the dying on the toilet and that kind of stuff. He where, did not have a glamorous death. Yeah. He we were talking of, about that over Christmas he, this year. Like he left too early, but in a way he also kind of left too late. As mm-hmm. mean as that is to say, but yeah. yeah, he just, he had such a, he did have such a soulful voice and actually I said, I wasn't going to talk about it, but we were talking about over while the music was playing that there was just this bridge that he brought into mm-hmm. sort of a, a culture at the time that, you know, in the fifties and sixties, there was such a divide between the African American culture right. and the white culture. And he, he was a bridge and brought a lot of that into his, I mean, that was rock, yeah. the roots of rock and roll. No, I mean, it's like know? a, it opened a window into a different side of society that white America had been ignoring for a really long time. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, which then obviously all of rock and roll formed around that. Yep. So he's a, he's a big piece of that story for sure. Yeah. But I think he still carries the, the king of rock and roll title. Yeah, I think he definitely does. He's there's the king of rock, there's the king of pop, which is Michael. And let's see, what are the other kings? There's the queen of all, which is the Beyonce play. Beyonce. Um I guess like surely Freddie Mercury had a a king title of some sort. I don't know. We were talking a lot about him <laughs> earlier, so yeah. he's on the brain. But um, I mean, who do you think is the modern king of rock? I don't, well, like how do rock, you define rock probably, anymore? Yeah. I mean, probably I would say like Jack White by default, mm-hmm. but not because I think he's particularly genius or anything, but I don't know. Rock is kind of dead. So <laughs> <laughs> everything cycles back. Yeah. Eventually. Right. Everyone has laptops now. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, Elvis had some good times and it's fun to reflect back on him. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. May everybody have, have a... Ever, have you ever been to Graceland? I have been to Graceland. Are Is you it kidding? Cool? I mean, been... I would not be a child of an Elvis lover if I have not been to Graceland. <laughs> that is part of the pilgrimage, I suppose. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, I probably was there when I was 12 years old. Mm. And I have a complete photo album of Graceland. The whole trip. It's like your, your entire Disneyland. trip when I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that photo album. Yeah. <laughs> Next time I go home, I'll bring it back. It's Please like of his plane. And I mean, he had a bowling alley and yeah. all kinds I've heard of it's crazy impressive. Yeah. And isn't like, I mean, a lot of the rooms are kind of left intact as to where he totally. left. Totally. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And actually, Gordy last year was. Um, hanging out with uh, um, what's his daughter's name? I'm going totally blank. Sorry, Lisa I got distracted Marie. by the do- the dog. Yeah, Lisa Marie. Mm-hmm. He was at some party in Nashville where Lisa Marie was there. Oh yeah. Um, I had <laughs> to call my out. dad and be like, "Dad, guess what? Gordy Gordy was at a party with Lisa Marie Presley." <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I don't know what she's up to these days, but I guess still partying. Good for her. I guess so. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, I think, yeah, you're right. Elvis will always have his place for sure. Well, should we go to the next one? Yeah. All right. So the next one is from a very familiar band to you. Uh, They're called The Band of Heathens. I'm sure we'll get to why they're familiar. if You haven't already picked up on it or you don't already know. 
but the song is called Let Your Heart Not Be Troubled. Here we go. Troubled by the band of heathens. Good song. <laughs> when was the last time you listened to that? Gosh, I well, it's so funny because we were laughing just now because I was like, this this doesn't even sound like Gordy. So, in full <laughs> disclosure, this is my husband 
I married a musician, which is why I was so paranoid to come on this show in the first place. Because <laughs> as I as I talked about before, I'm a very competitive person, so doing things that are not that I don't feel are in my comfort zone make yeah. me very a little anxious, uncomfortable, and yeah. anxious. Yeah. So comes from your like soccer tendencies, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, Gordy and I were married in 2006. And I can I can uh, tell you the lead up to that story, which is what I told yeah. you over. Uh, no, I love I love the story, and I would love to for for a retelling of it for it to be recorded. So it's on record, ever. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's funny because you were just telling me that you had to remind me that that was recorded in two thousand nine, which feels more like it was recorded three years ago. But yeah, Gordy, I think has trans his vocals have transitioned in the last several yeah. years. So I almost didn't think it was him, but yeah. So let my heart mean, let my heart not be troubled was a song that really Gordy wrote for me. Um, because I'm the worrier in the family and he, I think for me, it's always a song that frankly I go back to and, you know, things are at their peak when you have two kids running around mm-hmm. and you, feel like things are coming unraveled and you know, you're not successful. It's just, it's just a reminder and a personal reminder that there are, um, bigger things in life to focus on. So it's a really personal song. Um, maybe not the most popular of the band of heathen songs, but one that I always request when he's playing an acoustic show. Uh, but yeah, Gordy and I. Do you think? Do you think when he performs it now, does he? Does he? Think has he about that? transitioned the, his vocal style? The vocal does he delivery play in the the more lower voice. I don't know. I'd you be know, curious. I, yeah, he, I'd love to he hear doesn't. Like a it's honestly recording. a song that they don't play very often. Yeah. It's not really a heathens song. Right, right. So it's more of a song that gets played at you know a house concert or something than yeah. on stage. So I'll have to ask him to play it yeah, next time. Yeah. And for those that don't know, the heathens have. Um, Kind of Gordy is one of the two main songwriters, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot of kind of trade back and forth in the various yep. songs. So yeah. this one is obviously a Gordy song. Yeah. So, yeah. So the band of Heathens, it's crazy. They've been together for 12 years now. Um, Austin-based band that started at a local place here that's no longer here called the the uh, Momos Club, which I don't know, Harrison, are you too I know young? Momos, Do you remember? Yeah, okay, yeah. you were here. So yeah, we were talking about that the other day, how Momos was a, such a musician's hang. You know, I don't know what really the music... Really cool space, like just a weird cool space, layout. Yeah. weird layout. It booked like that tinge of Austin really, musicians yeah, and songwriters. Cool yeah, musicians and... And just a community, I think the difference in Austin versus like a New York or an LA is that you have a lot of musicians here that are very community oriented Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of people that are helping each other out, Mm, which is kind of unique. I think it's a little, um, smaller. And so a lot of folks get together and collaborate more than maybe in other, other places. So there's certainly a lot of business benefits to being in a Nashville or in LA or New York, but the community factor here in Austin is I think a big draw for people, yeah. which is I cool. Agree. Yeah. Um, and you know that yeah. as well, being on yeah. the musician side of the fence. Yeah. Um, I'm only speaking via <laughs> what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were talking about 
a little bit about my husband. I wanted to put a song, one of my three, which was always <laughs> really hard to say. What are your you three? You struggled there. Yeah. I did struggle. It was like, I usually ask guests at least the night before, like a 24-hour window is what I ask. <laughs> and you sent me the last song probably six hours ago. So. <laughs> I gave you That's a little It's okay, prep. though. I got all the research in. It worked out. That's okay. fine. All right, good. Um, no, but I think... You know, we can talk, we can fill a whole hour with Band of Heathens because, totally. of course, yeah. this is, like, <laughs> this is, this is my life. life. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually really interesting to hear that perspective of it, you know, because I feel like when people talk about Band of Heathens songs, they're talking about it from the perspective of the musician and the fan, but you have like an impossibly different situation in the sense of you're the only one that has that perspective of being married to the- <laughs> songwriters so obviously every song takes on a meaning that you're the only person in the world that could probably actually even fully understand the depth of that well we'll have another show where it's about like marriage counseling or something (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's been a unique it's certainly a unique lifestyle it's not for everyone but i will say that you know getting to see somebody do what they love and um create is also there's a lot of joy and fulfillment in that on both sides, you know. And I think what we're able to also teach our children in that aspect um, is really important. So it's it's worth the sacrifice. (laughs) Um, I certainly never imagined myself marrying a musician, I'll say that much. And I, I don't think my dad, who, although is a music lover, is also a very conservative person from the suburbs of Houston, never right. imagined his daughter marrying a musician. But here we are. Uh, and so well, I think you have I'm, a beautiful song written. Just yeah. Probably one of many. So. <laughs> and this, uh, that was really good. It was really actually nice to hear that uh, song because I haven't I haven't listened to this that record in a long time. Yeah. And so it was cool to go back and, and hear that. Dig so, it up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think um, the story that I was telling you over lunch is yeah. um, the one song that I, Gordy would kill me, and I'm pretty sure you can't find it out there because I just tried to do like a Google search <laughs> to pull it up. We a good like 10 minutes <laughs> trying to find this song. <laughs> But Gordy recorded an original album as Gordy Quist before the Band of Heathens existed. And there was a song that was called The Ship Song. And I, the way that we, so we knew each other as children or as uh, junior, you know, in junior high. And we didn't reconnect till later in life. And Gordy had the funny story about us kind of reconnecting later in life is that I had seen him at a friend's wedding and so he had gotten my number at the wedding. And then a few weeks later I got this text message from him and it was inviting me to his show that he was releasing his album. And I thought I was in, at the, you know, here I was in Austin. I was getting this invite from Gordy Quist who, you know, used to be the high school quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> the classic all American, totally all American story. <laughs> And I thought he was so handsome. And so I drove, I think I actually had a, he kids me that this didn't really exist, but I think I actually had a wedding uh, shower to go to the same weekend. So I went ahead and made the excuse to drive to Houston and go to a show. I brought my parents to the show and I'll never forget like the next day being in my parent at my parents' place, listening to Gordy Quist, the ship song and talking about the music and stuff afterward. And 
Little did I know that he like actually had just gone through his entire phone book and called everybody that he knew. <laughs> I thought he was getting a personal invite, but it's sort you were of one of many. It, I was one of many, but you know, it, we reconnected. It worked out. Yeah. It worked out. You never know. Maybe he just. I mean, have you ever actually verified that? Like. <laughs> I mean, it is funny though. Had I not actually made that trip, we might not be here. You know, today. we were so you were talking about how you went and you, the only people you knew in Houston that would go were your parents because you know that they loved music. And so, I'm, like, I'm trying to imagine myself inviting my parents to a show. Earlier, <laughs> we were talking about how um, Gordy and and myself were both agreeing that like going to shows by yourself is actually a lot of fun and very engaging. And you're like, oh, I, I would never go to a show by myself. <laughs> Exhibit A, <laughs> literally, buried. the guy who you have a huge crush on, like the Varsity Blues quarterback, who you're trying to impress. You're like, well, there's only one way I could do this. <laughs> Let me bring my parents, parents along. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. You're one of a kind. I... <laughs> my parents are cool. Yeah, well, I, I, I've met your parents. They are cool. They're very cool. I agree with that. But that was what, probably like 2005? Gosh, or yeah, no, it was 2003? Yeah, wow. Well, yeah, four, maybe? I wonder what his voice sounded like back then. Yeah, well, <laughs> we could, if we only had the access to his uh, digital files, I think he's removed all of this. So. <laughs> That's wild. In this digital jungle, you still cannot find original... Gordy Quist content. Yeah. It's out there. Yeah. Distantly true. buried one day. So on <laughs> along that line, just to give them a little plug here, they are working on a Ray Charles album that oh. you actually cannot find on digital recording. So stay tuned. They are doing a Ray, Char- Ray Charles. Are they going to do like vinyl or cassette or what? Uh, you know, I don't know. We haven't gotten that far. But Should have them consider cassette. It like strangely sells. I know it's, <laughs> it's coming so back. It's so easy to make. Yeah, it's, it's coming it's, back. It's, it's weird. But, <laughs> I mean, vinyl's obviously preferred. No, Ray Charles on cassette just seems wrong. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people probably have Ray Charles cassettes. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll be great. I can't wait to hear it. Um, should I go to the the closer? We should go to the closer because this is, even though Band of Heathens are near and dear to my heart. There's one person that might trump the band of heathens. Ooh. Well, I think we're about to hear it. All right. We kind of alluded to her earlier, but uh, without further ado, I mean, we were talking about titles earlier. Maybe the the queen of Americana? Is that? No. I don't know. <laughs> She's like the, I don't know, the duchess. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. That's very elegant. Yeah. Uh, but it's Patty Griffin and the song is called Heavenly Day. Smile on your face 
called heavenly day it's gorgeous it really is hadn't heard it before today really um but i really enjoyed it i will tell you that patty griffin was or is probably for not being a music connoisseur okay. in the way if you say that one more time <laughs> on this podcast i'm cutting everything <laughs> cutting me off um no but Patty, if I couldn't have married my husband, I would have tried to marry Patty Griffin. <laughs> it's a bold statement. <laughs> she. I hope you tell her that one. I, I, I hope I, I will if I have the. A few the of these old fashions. I'm sure <laughs> a few you'll more, be ready I will get my gumption up to tell her. No, so uh, I was introduced to Patty Griffin via probably in the, I would say, late 90s, early 2000s. From my roommate in college, Laura Labasi, who was, I went to University of Texas and she was a bartender 
at the Cactus Cafe. Oh, yeah. Which I know uh, you know because I know, cause I know you well. went to UT uh-huh. and I knew you probably frequented. I put shows there, I'm going to yeah. guess that you <laughs> frequented there. I did. It's the only bar on campus. It is the only bar on campus, which and is very actually unique. one of the only bars on any campus. That's right. Yeah. Which is super unique to university. And it's so cool. And it's so sad. A few years ago, that it was going to close. Out. I'm so happy that it still exists. It's still going. And I can tell you, when Gordy first started playing music, I took my little, you know, of course I was going to help him out. And so I took my little packet of, mm-hmm. um, what was the guy's name? Not Griff. Griff, yeah. Griff. Uh, I forget his last name. What was his last but name? But he was the longtime, like, booker and runner. Not of more it. like... Uh, I can't think of his name right now. But anyway, I remember going, I was so nervous. I was like, you know, 26 years old and I was like representing (laughs) my husband. I went in there. Anyway, but the Cactus Cafe, we, I would go in there mornings to she would give me, my friend Laura would give me coffee and, uh, she was like, you have got to check out this, this girl, Patty Griffin. And in all honesty, unfairly, I am not, I usually don't gravitate towards female musicians Mm -hmm. but there was something in patty's voice and her vocal delivery and her writing and her lyrics that just really resonated with me at that time probably in college that i had a lot of breakups and you know just different stuff so she you know she has a lot of a lot of a lot of her music is grounded in matters of the heart and she was just really kind of instrumental in that um, phase of my life and then also in my development of love for Americana and blues and soul. And so probably why I appreciate the band of heathens so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I'll never forget, she was my very first... Uh, well, I saw her very early on on 6th Street I believe we were at Maggie Mays. She played a show, which wow. is like probably not a show she'd back ever play today. Yeah, you I was going to say, this was back when they weren't just playing all Stevie Ray Vaughan cover sets. Totally, yeah, back in the bar. 90s and, or late 90s. And then I saw her at ACL Festival at one of the first festivals when like tickets were $35 for three days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was like the first or second year. Yeah. Um, and, and then... You know, fast forward a few years, huge Patty Griffin fan. My husband and I had just gotten married in 2006. Mm-hmm. Probably this was 2007, and we were moving, and my husband was uh, recording his very first ever record with Ray Wiley Hubbard as the mm-hmm. producer, Swamp Gas. Yes. And Patty Griffin was going to come in and sing on a couple of the songs. And I was on Gordy's like, songs. Yeah. And I was so excited because she was my favorite artist. Yeah. And lo and behold, it was the day we were moving. And so Gordy was like, I really feel like I should go into the studio. And I'm like, really? Because I the movers we are coming. <laughs> I'm like, it's cool. I got the move. You just so yeah. You know, he's still, I mean, I will not let him forget to this day because he owes me because I stayed at home in packed boxes and dealt with the movers when he went into the studio with my favorite artist. And um, so, yeah, so I've had a few funny interactions with her where 
that happened. He got to meet her, record with her, right. like my whole entire dream in one day, and I moved moved our <laughs> our life. And, um, <laughs> this is just such a metaphor. <laughs> no, but we um, then we went on to let's see, we were at. Uh, then she started dating Robert Plant. That's right. Yeah. And we saw her at, oh God, there's this great festival. Bluegrass, uh, the Bluegrass festivals in uh, Golden Gate Park, right? Have you ever been to that? I haven't. You, hardly, you were the first one that told me. Hardly, hardly strictly, strictly Bluegrass. bluegrass. Yeah. You were the one that such told me about that. Such a cool festival. always been on my list. I just haven't done it. Yeah. Such a cool festival. Golden Gate, Gate Park is beautiful. It's such a great festival. It's free. Mm-hmm. It's only going to be for probably another eight years. I think there was a trust that was like set a, up. Yeah, it was like a guy who's really into music, very rich and wealthy, and basically yep. set up a fund to make sure this happened every year for free. Right? Yeah, for all his favorite. Musicians. Yeah, I think he passed away a couple of years ago, but he right. left enough money keep for about ten for years to keep yeah. it running. So yeah. we'll see. Hopefully, somebody else in San, San Francisco yeah, pick will pick it up. Yeah, tradition after great. that. But it's a great. You know, the thing that you know from the musician's perspective. The festival is so amazing because there are not sponsors involved. So it really is about the music and about yeah. the musicians, which it's been interesting. ACL or Lollapalooza or these other festivals where the musicians, depending on your level, you know, have different experiences. Right, right. Uh, based on sort Very of backstage <laughs> things that happen. So the Harley Strictly Bluegrass is truly about the music right. because there are no corporate sponsors involved, which is right. Very it's cool. Rare. It's hard to pull off. Yeah. Um, and but you then, got you went right, and she was there. I went. She was there with Robert Plant. We met her again. So I've had a few like. Yeah, I always. I, I feel like I remember when you that that happened. When we were working together, and you told the story, and you're like, everyone's like, "Oh my god, do you know who that is? Do you yeah. know who that is?" And then you looked, and everyone was looking at Robert Plant, and you're like, "It's Patty it's Griffin." Patty Griffin. <laughs> I'm like Robert Plant, who? It's Patty Griffin. <laughs> I know they had the same haircut, which was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. I do have a picture of them sitting together, listening to like Dr. John or somebody, yeah. and it's oh, like the two of them so sitting. Yeah. And I'm like, it literally from the back, they have the same hairdo, which yeah. is kind of cool. <laughs> She's such a cool chick too. I think the thing that is interesting is, especially in this day and age, if you see her, she's about as big as my pinky. <laughs> and it's like this amazing voice just comes yeah. from her. And it's about this, the soul. She's everything that like, I look at like, you know, the me too movement. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything that is about female empowerment exists. She's embodied that Patty for, Griffin forever. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. So can I tell you one more story about Patty yeah, Griffin? Yeah, please, because I have a couple too. Okay. I mean, there, <laughs> you have stories about Patty Griffin. Not personal, with but me? there's one that I was reading about that I was like, whoa. Didn't okay. Expect that. I probably don't know it, but so there is a, a singer songwriter that Gordy knows named Sam Baker. Okay. And he is just super cool guy, and has a house out on 360. Probably been in Austin for a long, long time. Has a couple of acres out a little bit past 360. Um, And we got invited to a dinner party out there one night. This is, gosh, so many years ago now. It was probably when, no, it was when she was recording. Um, It was right after, it was probably 2010, so eight years ago. And um, 
she... One year after Gordy released that song. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and so Sam Baker invites us out. He's like, hey, I'm going to have some friends out for dinner. Come out. So Gordy and I go out there. And we walk in and he hands us like a bag of apples. And he's like, you guys have dessert. You're going to make dessert out of this bag of apples. We're like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And everybody that came through the door, he gave ingredients to and said, just, hey, you know, make, make something out of this, which was super cool. Yeah. And so at the end of the night, there's about 10 people there. And like, right as we got, Gordy and I got started on our apple crisp in the kitchen. We turn around and all of a sudden, Patty Griffin is walking through the door. And of course, everybody else is cool as cucumber. And I'm like, Patty Griffin is, what do I do? How do I act? Um, And so I ended up getting to sit next to her at dinner, which was super special and getting just to talk to her about her experiences. And I think at the time she was recording her album. I'm going totally blank all of a sudden on the name of her album, but it was um, she recorded a gospel album inside a church, I think oh, in, cool. in Nashville. And so we got to talk a lot about that and she just, it was just a just super like really down to earth. Yeah. You know, just super cool experience. Very yeah. approachable, amazing night. So even Amber, who said she knows nothing about music, was able to have a conversation I about music have a conversation with Patty Griffin, with Patty Griffin, my idol of music. So sounds like you have a false sense of music knowledge. <laughs> yeah well you know patty's special she is one of the things that i didn't know about her at all in reading up on her was so i guess like 92 is around when she kind of got like big time uh, or at least got like started started Um, yeah that was after when i saw maggie mays yes yeah yeah. (laughs) um but so she had like recorded a demo and was basically like playing coffee houses or something and it was a time when like A&R was still a job you could have. Yeah. Uh, and so like the A&R person for whatever her first label was, saw her at these coffee shops and stuff and heard her demo tape and was like, you're signed. And they like re-recorded everything. It was like way overly produced and everything. And everyone was like, oh, this is no good. Um, you know, we need to get back to the basics. So they called in Nile Rogers. And now Rogers is the guitarist and songwriter and singer for the band Chic. Yeah. Uh, so like Le Freak and, you know, the great, like, good disco songs of the 80s. Um, and then also, I mean, I love now Rogers. I've seen him play before. He's phenomenal. But I also love him because of the Bowie connection. Yeah. And he did Bowie's Let's Dance record, which is criminally underrated, which also brought Stevie Ray Vaughan to the forefront because he was the lead guitarist on that whole record brought him out into the world outside of Texas, which is great. Um, but so basically he now Rogers was given this project of making Patty Griffin sound like Patty Griffin. And so they went back and like re-recorded basically her demo tape and like converted it back to the like stripped down version that everybody wanted from Patty. And that was her first record and it was huge. Wow. Or I mean not huge, but it was like obviously yeah, the beginning of, of an awesome an awesome thing. So, so that was cool. It's like I love I always enjoy the research exercise of figuring out how all these different artists get connected in weird ways through that yeah. process. But yeah, you probably spend more time on that than I do, but well, it's not I, for everybody, but <laughs> <laughs> there's I, probably better things to know things about. <laughs> yeah. I do think what is interesting about Patty and is if you 
kind of spend time with her catalog, you'll, you know, she has a lot of melancholy, mm-hmm. sort of heartbreak type of yeah. music. But The Heavenly Day, which I don't know if we mentioned already, we but I no, told you, yet. is actually about her dog. <laughs> Which I so thought sweet. you might it's like. So sweet, it is awesome. <laughs> um, no, I just I think it's more of one. It's one of her more uplifting ones, right? Um, so it is. If we can all only be Labradors in life, <laughs> oh, I know. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> well, I know this record in particular got her a lot of. It's from like two thousand seven or seven. Okay. Children running through. Children running through. Yeah, and she won like all the awards at Amer- Americana Music Association and various things but yeah. um, my favorite album what, this her. was a hard exercise for me because you have hard. so many songs I have so many favorite love. Patty Griffin songs you're a super fan I, I am it. a super fan of Patty Griffin <laughs> sorry Gordy but I am <laughs> <laughs> but like so again when I was in college Flaming Red I think was her album which was like mid late 90s and then A Thousand Kisses was the main one that was like right when I graduated college, which was like yeah. all I was listening to in my, you know, car CD player right, at the right. time, <laughs> single CD disc player before they had, you could put six in there. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so this is actually, I chose heavenly day, which is actually off the later, mm. the later times, mm. which is a little bit later in life, but there were some formative years of Patty that were earlier on. It's fun, like, so I think that a lot of people will take to the prompt and they'll, a lot of people, and it seems like you you took this path where it's like, maybe it's not as much about a specific song as much as it is just the artist and then you yeah. kind of pick one that creates, that opens it up, uh, which is totally fine and I actually think that it works really well and like, clearly, I mean, this song is special because it's about her dog. It's a gorgeous song and it's hugely successful for her. Um, but it is fun to think through, like, I hope you, like, text me in two weeks, like, oh, I should have picked this Patty Griffin song. <laughs> because there's so many. And, like, there's... that's, yeah, I mean, it's amazing what you can dig up when you start to really think back to what what different songs will bring you back to different moments. But this was a very good selection. Good. You picked well. I liked it. You picked well. <laughs> there was no, like, you know, crazy indie pop or... Yeah, you don't need to be everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're everyone knows that your music taste goes beyond three songs. Yeah. So how did you how did you feel like it was? Was it as stressful and as you, you know, were expecting? <laughs> it wasn't because I kind of procrastinated the decision making process mm. till day of where so it's the like, impulsive thing knew, is kind of what makes it. I knew the there was gonna be an Elvis song. I knew there yeah. was gonna be a band of heathen song. So it was really just about yeah. the last. Yeah. And I fluctuated a lot. It's like I could there's so many directions I could go, but I was like, okay, what really helped define my music taste from like college age beyond? Yeah. And that was very clear Yeah, for me. Obviously, we just spent like <laughs> the last 20 minutes talking about Patty Griffin. So. She's well worth 20 minutes and more. I'm going to drag so. you out to... I would, I would love, it won't be a drag process. It will be a, Hey, can you do this? I said, yep. I'm in. I'm totally brave. I haven't seen her yet. So it'd be great. I like, and I was reading all the people she's worked with and like Emmylou Harris, Dave Rawlings, Jillian Welch and like yeah. just name after name. And I mean, Robert Plant and what she did with Band of Joy for them and all that stuff. It's like, uh, clearly I, I feel like she's one of those people. She's a musician's musician. Yeah. 
where she probably will never get the recognition that she actually deserves. But like anyone who's ever heard her is like, anybody why can't I be like Patty? Yeah. Any, any, uh, but it's really into Americana. Mm, yeah. <laughs> is obviously going to know. Right. right. Patty. Yeah. Which is not that cool these days, but you know, well, it, I don't know. I feel like Americana music is making a. I think it a absolutely resurgence. is, yeah. And I mean, I think it will always be there too. Like, I mean, it's it's a genre with enough like roots and history and passion behind it that it's got legs to live forever. Yeah. Which I think you could say about pretty much any genre. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know. I mean, like, this screamo is where, and new metal might be the two exceptions. This but. is where <laughs> I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> What well, is, that's what is screamo? Yeah, I don't even know don't what screamo know. is. I've had some guests that have brought that to the <laughs> stage. I'm very thankful that that was not you. <laughs> oh, I, this is where this is where I feel like I was not adequate to be on your show. No, 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 no. no. They probably don't know Patty Griffin, so. <laughs> well, you know, maybe we can both open our minds to new things. That's what it's about. Yeah, that's, all, that's the best any of us can do. <laughs> Well, I really had enjoyed this. It was fun. It, I thought it was a great conversation, and I look forward to listening back to it myself. Well, thank you, Harrison. I just want to say that <laughs> despite my very uh, reservations to coming on the show, I was excited to talk to you and am delighted because you know that you are one of my favorite people Aww. in the entire world. <laughs> it's and mutual. At for the some record. point, <laughs> at some point <laughs> I want to recruit you so that we can work together again. Oh, it's going to happen at some point. We'll probably we'll need to start our own. Business we need to start our own business. Pretty much. For the record, you heard it. We'll do a memory tracks. So you remember that time episode 42 and Amber and Harrison started the greatest <laughs> business to ever run. the world. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, well, and Patty Griffin will be our first seed round of funding. <laughs> or Robert this is for Plant. you, Patty. Yeah. Well, both of them. <laughs> I don't think they're married. I mean, they're not. Uh, no, it I didn't think work they, out. Yeah, it didn't work out. But no. I'm sure they had some very happy times together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all that really matters. Well, until next time, this has been Memory Tracks. Thanks for listening.